0: Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Moran. So this week on the podcast, we have the beautiful, oh, we're making it physical, Patrick Flannery I feel like Patrick's going to be fine with that Patrick is an actor he graduated from the Bow Street Film Academy in 2017 and since then he has been flat out he's been working on Little Women which was directed by Vanessa Caswell and that's due to air later this year on that's right the BBC uh, he also uh, played Vince in a rehearsed reading a star-studded rehearsed reading if I remember correctly of Sam Shepard's Buried Child which was directed by get this Stephen Ray as well as that his other work includes play on words at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in 2017 2017 which was reviewed really really well and bash the latter day plays for out of time uh patrick's a lovely guy uh we kind of have known of each other uh, and kind of been getting gradually uh, friends we had a lovely chat uh, that we talked about on the podcast just before christmas that was really uh i don't know really i don't know just uh significant for me it just landed in a certain way and and um, he's someone that i was like oh He has to be my friend now Um, Patrick also listens to the podcast And it's always so nice When people who listen Get on to chat Because they're just so game ball And so ready to rock So look this is like The perfect episode Uh, We kind of got self conscious After we were like Oh fuck we only spun it twice, but I don't care. It was too good of a chat. I didn't want to, like, interrupt it with a stupid fucking bingo machine. Uh, guys, we have our Patreon page. Whoa! It is live. And uh, as I like to say, it's a model based off soundness. For those of you who don't know, it's basically um, chipping in a few bob towards the podcast. It can be anything that you want. Uh, from a couple of euro, a euro five euro ten euro hundreds of euro it can be anything uh, but everything makes a really meaningful difference to us uh, there are thousands of listeners to this podcast so if you're someone who's like oh fuck it i can't afford a fiver that's grand can you afford a euro that will make a difference it really isn't about the quantity you give it's about the quantity that we have giving um uh yeah that's pretty much it uh, the link is in the show notes it's patreon forward slash personality bingo and if you can give something please do it makes a huge difference to us i love bringing you this podcast i promise i always uh will do it for free but if you're someone who uh has the option of throwing in a few bob and it's not going to break the bank and um, please know that it will boost my wallet um <laughs> look guys enough of my rambling please enjoy the brilliant Patrick for god's sake tom for god's sake i'm not angry i'm i'm raging <laughs> lads please enjoy the wonderful patrick flannery playing personality bingo with Tom Moran. you ready to play personality bingo I'm unbelievably ready Oh I love it Okay (laughs) Uh, so a quick explanation of how it all works I've got 60 minutes on the clock 60 balls in here And 60 corresponding questions I've also given you five numbers of that sheet of paper Would you do me a favour and read out the five Yeah
1: Um, 11 Yeah 23 Right 4 Okay 47 Yes And 52
0: Beautiful Would you do me another favour and pick a sixth number Something between 1 and 60 that's not already there I will What are you going to go for 27 okay which I
1: think has been picked before
0: Mm, I wonder has every because so like obviously we're asking to pick a number between 1 and 60 we've done 106 episodes let's say has every number been picked? I bet probably not because I feel like people go for the same one again yeah, and again. I feel
1: like after about the 30s, I bet it gets pretty sparse as far as who picks what.
0: That's very true because yeah. I feel like people go, I, I feel like 27 could be popular. Yeah. People like to go for their age sometimes. Yeah. Um, sometimes people like to go 13 because I think that they're, they're being edgy. Yeah. Uh, some people go for one because it's kind of <laughs> atypical.
1: But if you pick after 30, you're just being a contrarian and like <laughs> yeah. a jerk and being like, there's no meaning. I guess I'm gonna pick 43. Like
0: <laughs> what's what's your reason for 27? Uh
1: so I was born on the 27th. And you know, like in America, dates are done differently. Like my birthday would be nine twenty-seven ninety rather mm-hmm. than twenty-seven nine ninety. And so just like I felt like when I was growing up, whenever I looked at the clock, I always looked at it at nine twenty-seven and mm-hmm. would be like, That's my birthday, you know. But I guess you get older and realize, like, I probably didn't look at that any more than the other time. Mm-hmm. It just had a bit of significance. Yeah, but 27's just always been a safe. I'm playing it safe right now and just going with my safe twenty seven.
0: Totally. Like, I get the same thing with, um, especially in twenty sixteen. I kept having that thing of like it being nineteen sixteen, <laughs> and like just a little Republican in you yeah. is kind of like <laughs> yeah. Or like my battery, and like I do think because I know you're right about like that. It, it it it's probably just that you're noticing this, but yeah. like. My battery is always at sixty nine percent. It lives at sixty nine percent, and I'm I'm just like like am I just sexually frustrated or is Apple trying to no man, fuck me? <laughs> you, you haven't
1: you haven't grown up completely yet. If sixty nine, which still carries so much significance for me, I love seeing sixty nine. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a weird thing to say in the podcast, but I do appreciate it. But I think that's so cool that you saw the clock at nineteen sixteen. I think I'd love to be. Like, I'd love to kind of have that heritage. Like, you know, mm. in America, mm. the, the only wars are, like, the Iraq War, which you're not, like, awesome. <laughs> or, or, like, yeah. the Vietnam War, which you're, like, <laughs> not that cool. Like, yeah. you know, I think it's so cool to have, had like, a... Maybe this is insensitive, but, like, I just think the history mm-hmm. and being connected to how recent that is. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd love to look at 1916 and feel a bit of, like, hell yeah, we beat those motherfuckers. Yeah, you know?
0: I mean, the only thing you might have is, like, 911. <laughs> <laughs> i guess I be nobody <laughs> you know you would no but
1: i but that is the thing whenever i look at the clock at, and, and i see nine eleven, like especially when i was younger i would always get a bit oh it's 9 11 mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. now it's kind of it's funny like i can't even remember what it was but i think nine eleven just as a date has become a little bit less of a it's held a little bit less reverently like people will you know, if like there are events on September 11th that have nothing to do with the attacks. Like the times have changed. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. that's true.
0: Um, I should say that if all six of them numbers do come out, that means the tables are turned and you get to ask me any question in the whole wide world. Ooh, 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 okay. Yeah, all right, so <laughs> let's give it a spin. Oh, fuck, that came flying out. Oh my God, that was like aggressive. <laughs> I didn't even see it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. All right, it's number five. Do you have it? I don't. No worries. Number five, the question is, as a child, what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: Do you remember the show Dexter's Laboratory? Was that a thing
0: over here? Yes, but I couldn't tell you I remember it.
1: Well, like, I mean, essentially all it was, like, this little dude who had, like, he, like, had this slide in his bedroom that brought him down to a secret laboratory. Mm-hmm. And um, I just loved, like, watching him pour, like, he'd pour, like, one vial into another and it would explode. Mm. And so I was like, Mom, Dad, like, I want to do that when I grow up. What does that mean? And they were like, well, you want to be a chemist. And so I told everybody, I was like, I want to be a chemist wow. and then i realize, like that's not you know <laughs> like i just wanted to watch things blow up i think so um i think i wanted to be a chemist
0: it's so funny because when you say chemist the first thing i think of is buying condoms <laughs> It, honestly it is <laughs> Like It is because The first time I ever bought condoms Was in uh, Gatwick airport In <laughs> London Because I had like four Like it was way before I was ever going to realistically Have sex but, uh, Like not like I was like at a re- Like 15 or 16 okay, Like I like I could have exactly. had sex Like uh, And my some of my friends I'm sure had But like I had like Four pounds or something left And I was like Well I, I need like euros Going back home Or whatever So I was like What will I productively Spend them on Like I was like Oh like a whisper bar Or like a, a newspaper Or condoms So I went into the the bathroom and it was like empty and you know the the vending machines and i went in and i put my four pounds in and like tried to get these extra safe you know the blue jurex condoms because extra safe was important yeah they they actually are and especially when you haven't like i remember the first few times that i had sex especially in fact maybe for the first few years i always went for the blue jurex ones because like extra safe was really important because i i still don't want to get anyone pregnant now i could not feel you more but then i really didn't (laughs) Uh, like i've kind of branched out and like yeah yeah anyway we could go into my condom forever <laughs> all we want but uh so I went in and I put in my 4 euro and I pressed the little thing and I waited for my condoms to come out and nothing nothing and like I was under time pressure here because there was no one else in the bathrooms which was really yeah. good because I didn't want to be seen you know buying to be condoms buying condoms <laughs> which is why I went to do it in a fucking bathroom with a vending machine and no real people yeah. and it didn't come out and Then, so I had this like dilemma because obviously it it stole my four pounds, you know, and like in Euro at the time, that might have been like, you know, 5.20. And I didn't, but like, it was that thing of like, so I could go and like, so I like pump the machine a bit, then someone comes in or something and I'm like, oh, I'm not at the condom machine, I'm (laughs) picking my nose, you know.
1: But do you think theoretically, like those condom machines and bathrooms, I think their function is most likely like, you know, because they're oftentimes at bars. So it's like, if you meet someone and Mm -hmm. you're going to go home with them like buy condoms, so is that saying, if they were in the airport, is that saying like, you met someone in the terminal, and you wanna have sex with them, so you just run to the back, like where?
0: I'll tell you, I have a theory on this, okay? (laughs) and my theory is that the function of them is to steal your fucking money because they know that if you are a weird like if you're a fucking if you're so much of a loser that you want to buy condoms in an airport bathroom as you said there's nowhere to have sex unless you're going to join the fucking mile, mile high, high club <laughs> exactly so like, on, like they know you're so much of a fucking loser and you're so afraid to like go up to a real human being and say can I have my sex equipment please totally. that, that, that they're like they're like, well then you're definitely going to be too afraid to go up and complain that the machine ate your sex money <laughs> That's my theory. Oh, no, absolutely.
1: Yeah. I guess. Like, I mean, I think it. like the first few times I bought condoms from a real living human, mm. like I was terrified. Yeah. Like I felt so, because oftentimes, you know, like, and maybe it was just me, but I feel like the first few times that I bought them, the people working behind the counter were like, m- the, you know, the same age as my grandmother, mm-hmm. you know, like in mm-hmm. women of that like generation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so like, I felt so uncomfortable kind of like admitting to them, like, Yes, I, I use my penis. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know. You know. But that is that is the total. And like I'm sure they're so used to it like because it's like a totally. part of their job. It's something that they sell. But as well, I remember hearing growing up um, and I wonder, you know, obviously you grew up in the States and mm. I, I, God, there's a few things about this going on. So first of all, uh, there's these. Vi- I work for a YouTube channel called the Try Channel, yeah. and rec- and it's mainly consumed like they're really popular YouTube videos. So we're talking like if it goes up in a day, it'll probably have like between a hundred thousand and five hundred thousand views in a day on Good YouTube. God. Yeah, like it's like. It's a very successful thing But as a result There's like You know fans And like there's comments And and stuff And like one of the comments Is they're like Oh my god all these videos Are like so full of like They're really sexually charged Mm. And like I noticed it About myself I was watching Because basically You know you'll be like Taste testing a food Or you'll be watching a thing Or you'll be doing something Or like you know Trying a beer And you're literally Just making comments on it And like Everyone in the comments was like, oh my God, why is it all so sexual? <laughs> and these are like many American people commenting. And I was like, I wonder how much, because I watched it back and I was like, they're right. Like I, like so much of the stuff that I'm saying either has sexual connotations or is humor, like based off some yeah. sex thing. And I was like, fuck, am I like just even more repressed <laughs> than I thought I was? That like, that's how it spills out. You know yeah. what I mean? And I just was wondering, because, like, I I lived in Chicago for a year, say, and I just noticed how liberated people were sexually.
1: See, I've never, I would almost think the opposite. Like, I kind of think, and maybe not so much in Ireland, but, like, I think to go to the original point, like, do you ever watch House of Cards? Yeah. So do you remember, like, I thought this quote was brilliant that Frank Underwood says to Kate Mara's character, Zoe Barnes, he goes everything in life is about sex except for sex, which is about power. Mm. Um, And I like, I do wonder that, you know, like if you strip away all the, you know, the stuff of what it means to be a person in 2019, are we really just people concerned with getting enough food in our bellies to feel good and just have sex, you know, and reproduce and stuff like that. But I've like, I think in America, yeah, I guess in some level, sex, you know, things have always been very sexualized in America, you know, like music, like, you know, like, I, you know, when I used to watch, like, I used to be really into rap when I was little. Mm. And, you know, those music videos were about as close to pornography as you could possibly get.
0: I've definitely masturbated to them. Absolutely. As we all have. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, hi, mom and dad. <laughs> but no, but uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I think when I was like 14, you know, and I didn't. You know, like I would just watched those music videos for sexual pleasure on a regular basis. I probably would have learned a lot about sex from those music videos. But like I think so many so much clothing now is like, you know, directed and not just I think like historically or whatever, you know, like the the stigma has been around women's clothing being sexualized. But Mm -hmm. I think you look at the way that men are dressing now. I look at the way that I dress, you know, that things are just getting more and more sexualized and more sexualized and more sexualized and that's like to me i'm like that's fine you Mm -hmm. know i mean go for it to each their own you know but it is interesting to look at kind of like what's what and how how horny
0: are we really yeah you know it's very interesting I, i like and you know that's a weird thing as well i noticed about myself recently i'm really uncomfortable with horny as a word I, when mm. someone says it to me like even like even if 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 like i'm with a sexual partner and they go if they 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 say about themselves they're like I'm horny like even though of course that's <laughs> what I want in some have blush yeah I can't <laughs> deal it like just something about that word mm. I, i'm so i don't know what it is well there are
1: those words there there are certain words i think that just really capture a feel like you know I think the word god damn it is one of the most effective word and I think it's I think, like, and that would be a word that my father would not have let us say in our really? house ever. Mm-hmm. Like, cause you know, just the, there's that kind of belief. I think some people believe that God damn it, like you're conjoining the word God with damn it. And that there's some sort of religious failing in saying that. But I think that like horny is also one of those words that really captures, it's like a very raw kind of like there's, it's not pretty, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's not like being cool.
0: It's mm-hmm. being honest. I think being, you're right. Like, I'm horny. Yeah, I I have a friend who says it's a shag for, like, sex. (laughs) And I I don't like that either. Because, again, it's like... I I guess I know what it looks like and I know what it sounds like, and I don't like it. There's something
1: really like naked about the word. Yeah. And really saying, like, you're really conveying what you
0: actually feel. Mm -hmm. It's very confronting in that way. Yeah.
1: But I think you could say shag, and it would sound like I think there are cultural differences in the words that we use. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, I think, like, there are words, like, obviously living in Ireland, I say a lot of words that would be more Irish or, you know, European in general that just don't fit in my mouth at all mm-hmm. you know like if i said gosh i really want to shag that girl i feel like an absolute <laughs> idiot yeah like um you what, know, what is the american equivalent i would just say like i mean is it, it fuck? yeah like i think if you're kind of in that like bro-esque dude like on a night out whatever yeah um like you would be <laughs> yeah i think you'd say fuck or like you know sleep with or go home with yeah. or anything like that but you would never like to me shag reminds me of austin powers like that's the only connection that i have to the word shag
0: it reminds me of sheep (laughs) it does because you know that thing of like sheep shaggers (laughs) and also like there's something shaggy about like sheep's wool and stuff and like we say ride a lot as well yeah
1: i think that's such a great word Mm. i think it's so great yeah um and i wish that i could like but that's just one of those words that when I say it, I just feel like a liar. Yeah, I but totally I think understand. But the converse, like I remember like, I was hanging out with Michael David and I said something absurd. I was like, I was like, dude, I'm so fucking jacked up right now or something like that. And Michael David just started laughing and he was like, if I said that, I would sound like such an idiot. And I was kind of like, yeah, you probably would, but I'd love to hear you say it, yeah. anyways.
0: You know, totally. And like, that was one of the things when I lived in Chicago. One of the things I came home saying, and I I used to like slag the American, like slag, for example. That's something that's so okay. in the Irish. Like, but you, I feel like you could say that and it would be fine. Like,
1: now I can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but like, still, it. Fe- it's like saying the word pub. Like neither of them. Just like to me, it would be bar. Yeah. You know, would be like, go back. Like I go back home. And I'm like, yeah, we were hanging out at this pub, uh-huh. and then I immediately get self conscious because I'm like. That's just not in your vernacular I
0: know But what did you learn in Chicago? Sorry Yeah so like And I used to slag them for saying it But uh, like I feel like Everything started Like I feel like And like <laughs> In fact that's my go to phrase When I need to like Do a tape in an American accent Like that's how I get in You know the really? way You have a word to get in Totally Like that That would be it Like I feel like uh, Like <laughs> I, I, um, I
1: love Like I, you know, and I get it all the time, but I love having all my Irish friends kind of like do their American, not even for the accent itself. Like, I think it's always interesting, like, you know, to hear them because like, obviously the knee jerk thing to do with an American accent is really push the R's. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I drove my car to the store, dude, you know, but it's so funny to hear like the way they think that we speak, you know, and it always kind of goes that like Valley girl, like. Well, I feel like we're gonna go. And like you know, I think it's amazing. Uh, yeah, to to.
0: and I look. Maybe it's like a Chicago thing, but like even when you were, uh, but like it's that like a like the, ah, uh, what's like even like shag for me is like it'd be like shag, yeah. <laughs> like you
1: know, <laughs> well, what I such mean? a softer like, and I think that's, you know, like I would never have thought that I was very, I never consider myself to be particularly American mm-hmm. until I moved here and realized like, oh my God, yeah. like just the way, like, as I hear like, even like talking to you, there's like such a, a melody to the way you speak and kind of a, 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 soft way that just one words go to the other. Whereas like, I'll listen, I'll watch myself in the tape and I'm like, yo, what's up, dude? Like, <laughs> I feel so, fu- you know, I get really excited about things and I'm like, this is so fucking great. And people like stop and be like, God, you're so
0: American. And um do you know who you really sound like to me? Who? Well,
1: actually, it was when you did that there. Oh, go for
0: it. Bo Burnham. How do I know? Who- is that the comedian? Yeah. That's kind of like he's. Oh, he's great. But but it's funny because he, yeah, you have a listen to him, especially like on no, in his comedy as well, but sometimes you hear him on podcasts. But like when he gets in his comedy, when he gets like you were doing like kind of like your jacked up version, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. right? And it, when he he does that in his comedy, like kind of as like a joke sort oh, of thing. Absolutely. But it but it just remind you of him there. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. yeah. Mm.
1: But I think that you know, being an American today, you kind of are forced to take the like take the piss. I'm gonna say it. Yeah, take fine. the piss out of yourself. You know, because mm-hmm. of just what it means to be an American today is so much different than what it meant to me at least when I was younger. Like.
0: And maybe that's one of the things, because I, it is interesting to talk about, I love Americans. Like, okay. I, I particularly like Americans, because, like, a lot of, like, you'll hear, I'm sure you're aware of it, maybe, maybe less so, like, I wonder do people filter it around you, you'll be able to tell me, but, like, people. Well, Dislike Americans? Yeah. Oh,
1: I'm so, I know, to the, like, I've heard it to no
0: end and it's interesting because I my thoughts on it and it, like having lived there and stuff like you know you'll have like sometimes I don't know, I don't feel like I I've, I've got in a t- conversation with a taxi driver that I can specifically remember recently but he was talking about like oh wouldn't they just wreck your head and all and I was like I, I think I get it because I think like bad Americans are, are quite bad like there's something yeah there's something I'm not sure is it the accent I'm not sure what it is or like th- th- maybe like it, it can just feel really ill-informed sometimes yeah. and like lacking perspective but like Good Americans are like my favorite Mm. people because obviously the terrible Irish people and there's great Irish people. It's like that's a fucking universal thing. But one of the things I feel like is different. Like I was thinking about you know America versus Britain at the moment in the kind of Trump Brexit context. You know because like they're both kind of things that like just don't feel great to me. And I don't think they would happen in Ireland. Like Ireland's kind of going in quite like a liberal direction and stuff. And these are both. You know I think they were both like decisions that came from a place of fear rather than Mm. a place of love. You know and. It was just that interesting thing of, but I think what Americans who are here and Americans with like that awareness, like, are like kind of self-deprecating to a fault about it. Yeah. Like sometimes I feel bad. I'm like, oh, like you know, and not that you've done this, but if you were ever to be like, oh, like sometimes you meet America, you'd be like, where are you from? And they're like America. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're like, no, like I never want to put that to anyone. Whereas, but like people who are part of the the UK again, what a sweeping generalization mm. I'm about to make is, but I don't think they've got a chance to hit that level of like. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't really associate like self-deprecation with the Brits.
1: Yeah, well, I don't like. I don't know. A like, I'm glad that you do like Americans. I and do. Like, and yeah. I have like, I have a good friend, and I'm not gonna say her name. But she's an actress. She's been on this podcast, and she was in Bow Street with me. And I remember she said to me like pretty early on in the year, like me and her really click, and we're mm-hmm. very good friends. But one of the first things she said, she was like, Patrick, I like you. And I usually really don't like Americans, but I think it's just like the way that like, you know, what a like and I don't really know to define what a bad Irish person would be. But I think, you know, especially over here, what you see as a bad American, like to me, like, you know, I'll be in a restaurant and there will be a table of tourists and you just see like these Americans and they really just like they expect to get what they want, you know, and feel no qualm, like just taking over wherever they are, you know, like. Mm. Kind of being like, I'm not going to try and meet you where you're at, but you need to meet me where I'm at and give me my non-dairy milk based latte, you know, like and make it the way they make it for me on Fifth Avenue in New York and like blah, blah, blah. So but like when I first came here, it got to a point where if I met if I met people, I would literally just because I moved here in 2016 just before the election and I started having to go before they even asked, look, I hate Trump. I hate him. You know, just because I knew that was gonna be the next question to come out. And it's funny, like, I can talk, it's one of those things like, you know, I can talk shit about my family, but you can't. Right. You know, like, um, I can talk shit about America, and like, I'll let anybody, like, you know, if you wanna comment on the current political status, by all means, go for it, you mm-hmm. know, and talk shit about that all day. But like, if somebody else is like, you know, Americans are just pieces of shit, or something like that, I'm like, whoa ho,
0: ho 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 you know, like, yeah. slow down there. But I mean, like, what a... Yeah, but it, it is weird because, like, people do have that... Like, people I like and respect and people who aren't stupid have that perspective, which I find to be fundamentally stupid. Mm. And especially because, like, how much of our culture is shaped by America, the vast majority of mm. it. Like, sure, okay, like, our, our, there's such a... And, like, then you could... You know, I suppose twist the question to be like, how much of America's culture has been shaped by Ireland? Huge amounts of it. Yeah, but but like, yeah, and it's interesting. You were saying I don't know what a bad Irish person looks like, and I don't either. I guess it's like a bad person who's from Ireland versus like a bad person from. Who's from America? Yeah. And again, what the fuck's a bad person? Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like who who maybe plays it like, you know, for example, I think what you were talking about there, like wanting the latte from Fifth Avenue, like that's just a bit of like fucking ignorance or rudeness yeah. or lack of self-awareness, like which you could find demonstrated readily on any number of streets in Ireland, too. yeah, but yeah, it is something about like, um, there's something about that accent,
1: I think that, like, it's just the, the, the stereotype of it all, you know, just the historical idea probably that like, you know, because America, very similar to the UK, has just colonized and messed up a lot of places. You know, I don't think you can get as high on the totem pole as America has gotten without stepping on a few toes along the way. Or, you know, toes is an understatement. Really, skulls might be the better way to put <laughs> sure, it. yeah. But I would understand like, man— I do not know how I would handle, like, living in Dublin or Galway, like, living in a city that is overrun. I mean, if you think about it, there's probably nearly, like, I'd love to know how many American tourists are in Dublin right now versus the number of actual Dublin residents. Like, it's insane what? how much tourism is drawn into Ireland specifically as Americans. Yeah. Like, it'd be, I, I think it's it's normal. Like, it's almost like they're just guests It's almost like America is occupying the guest bedroom of Ireland at all times, (laughs) you know, because they're just so many. Do you reckon like tens of thousands? I would reckon like so many. And Galway is so much worse Mm, mm. because Galway is like a quarter of the size of Dublin. But like, you know, I think because so many Americans like I thought like I'm kind of embarrassed to say this. (laughs) Um, I thought I was Irish until I moved here. Mm -hmm. You know, like my name is Patrick Flannery. Like I can tell you exactly where in Ireland, like my family came from, like my dad would really hold steadfastly to that Irish American. Like if you walk into my house, there's an enormous, in our like sitting room, there's just an enormous map of Ireland, mm-hmm. like in the sitting room of my home. And like, you know, this is where we came on holidays my whole life. And when people would hear my name, like they would always like, they'd be like, are you Patrick Flannery? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, wow, what a lovely Irish name. So I was like, yeah, I'm I'm not American. I'm. I'm Irish American mm-hmm. only to come here and find out no. I'm American
0: <laughs> Right But it's that interesting Because I remember going to Ireland At the start Like At the start being You know People would always come up to you And be like I remember One of the main things in Chicago I kept getting Was like people being like Yeah I'm German-Irish And I was like What the fuck is that You know what <laughs> I mean like, That's not a thing Like, yeah. and, and But then Very 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 quickly I realised I was like Oh no like, like Who the fuck am I To try and tear apart Someone's identity mm. Like if they feel that Like What the fuck is being Irish Is it being like is, is it like Is it being born On this tiny little rock In the middle of Like the Atlantic okay sure Mm -hmm. it can be that or is it like just the fucking feeling of it like like what the fuck is like if someone feels Irish then fuck it they can be Irish like even if they've never been I'm like I I guess I had no interest in in stripping someone of something that felt fundamental to them
1: see but I feel like you know like in me and like I fundamentally you know I I love Ireland like I literally think this is about the best place on earth like Mm -hmm. I just think it is so great um especially as soon as you get out of Dublin. You know, I think it is just... Like, to me, man, there's something about, like... You know, and I felt this when I was young. Like, there's something about, like, riding through the, like, Irish countryside in a car. And Mm -hmm. it's, like, you look at it, and it's, like... There is something... Like, it all... Like, it's almost, like, there's undoubtedly some sort of higher power, like... (laughs) Right. You know, at work here. Because this is just... There's something about it that is so it just resonates within itself you know it makes you feel things it makes you see the possibility of just the the globe you know because it's so beautiful um but i would feel like if i said that i was irish i'd almost feel like i was taking something from you Mm. because you really are Mm. irish you know and i'm someone who grew up in greensboro north carolina you know and like you know speaks like a personal trainer you know Um, (laughs) so like and I wouldn't want to take that away and like I think like I'm probably blessed to be able to look at Ireland from an outside perspective
0: totally you know Hey guys, Tom here. Sorry to interrupt the podcast but uh, here at Headstuff we have a ton of other amazing podcasts so I'm going to throw it over to Aaron who is going to insert a digital advert with one of the podcasts that you should be listening to. If you like this podcast you're probably going to like a ton more on the Headstuff Podcast Network. hey i'm alan mcguire i'm sarah griffin and i'm Mel and we are the three hosts of juvenalia a podcast where we talk to interesting people about bits of pop culture that were important to them when they were young we've talked to sarah quinn about madonna we Talked to auntie donahue about star wars and we talked to jenade burke about snow white and the seven Dwarfs. and that's just three of the 60 plus episodes we have on the heads up podcast network so if you remember things from your childhood and want to talk about them we're here Deep chats with sound people about wonderful things from their childhood. That's what we do here. So give us a listen. Bye, everybody. See you now. Bye. Do you find one of the things that I found what, coming back from Chicago was like, I just remember the feeling in my chest when I got home and I was like, oh, I feel a little bit oppressed here. Mm-hmm. Now, having said that, I have the chance right now, like, you know, like, just enter, like just entered my mid-twenties, whatever. Like, I have the chance to go. I could get out of here so yeah. easy. I could try to go back to America. I could go to London. I could go anywhere. Yeah, I'm choosing to stay here. And I'm not, like, a stupid person. There's a reason that I'm choosing to stay here. At the same time, I know that when I lived in Chicago, I felt liberated. And mm-hmm. it felt good. Do, yeah. do you... Because I also appreciate that, like, America was your home. And, you know, I think with all the wonderful things that come with home, there also comes a degree of, like, containment Total. and uh, uh, oppression. I don't That's a dramatic word well, totally. for it. What, what are your feelings of, like, what does it feel like for you existing here versus existing at home?
1: See, it's funny, like, you know, because I grew up, like I said, North Carolina, which is, like, not metropolis. Like, I live in a, like, I'm from a city in North Carolina that probably has... Somewhere between 250 and 300,000 people, Mm -hmm. Um, which isn't which isn't tiny. No, you know, Um, but growing up there, you know, like I think everything's fine until you're about eight years old, because until you're eight, you know, the world isn't very much bigger than your backyard, you know, but then you get older and you realize like, you know, like I went to Catholic school. Growing up, and when I got old enough to realize that there were other schools other than Catholic schools, Mm -hmm. I started to hate Catholic school. You know, not because of the religious connotation, because it was small and we wore uniforms, and like, this is going to sound unbelievably like stupid and perhaps classist, but I'll just say it. Like, you know, you kind of had this idea, like as like a private school kid, that like whatever sex you're attracted to you know that the public school version of that gender is going to be a bit more liberated (laughs) you know like whatever and like that's where it's really going on and you know those girls will kiss you you know what i mean and these catholic school girls will give me a kiss and like whatever else um but like north carolina never really felt like home like i never felt like i belonged there and my dad he lived in new york for like 10 years or something Mm. and he kind of raised us like we went to new york every year of my life and i kind of always knew that as soon as i could that's where i was going to go and i moved to new york and leaving greensboro and going to new york that was like i mean like living in new york is just you know i totally understand why some people don't like it but for me it was like every day waking up and feeling like i was in the center of the universe you know Mm -hmm. like this is where it's all like there is no There is no top to the mountain here. You know what I mean? Like, there's always more to dream of, to find. You have no idea what's going on. Um, You walk down any street and it's entertaining. But I just think there's something about being away from your family and your kind of accountability net that makes you feel more liberated. I think coming to Ireland... Like, I don't I'm not going to say like professionally or something like as an actor, it's given me any sort of and I don't think it would give any Irish actor this feeling of like, wow, you know, the world is my bitch, you know, and like, yeah, there's nothing I can't do. But like on some sort of deep soul level, like to me, it was like, you know, there's just something that I found so fulfilling about living here and being around like I, I've just met the best people like Mm -hmm. i just think irish people like not to make a sweeping generalization say they're all great i demand yell at me this morning at starbucks um he told me i was presumptuous and all this other stuff but uh we'll get into that yeah um but uh i um like you know i've just met such amazing people and i think like you know it's so ireland is so much less materialistic than america is Mm -hmm. like just in the simple fact of like i was shocked when i moved here that i go to the bar And nobody would ask me what I did for a living. Mm. You know, like that that was not a talking point. You know, what do you do for a living or where you live? Because in New York, it is all about where you live. You Mm. know, like what name are you in Soho? Are you in the Upper West Side? You know, like and you really judge people based on that. Whereas here, it's like, you know, I love that people here don't feel a necessity to leave their parents house if they don't, you know, like they're like, why would I go spend a bunch of money when my parents live in Dublin? And, like, all I have to do is take the Lewis and get wherever I need to go. I think that's that's smart. You know what I mean? Whereas in America, it's like, let's go to the most expensive restaurant, even though we can't afford it, just so we can have gone to the most expensive restaurant. So it's funny, man, just the differences. But I love it here. What happened in Starbucks? So I... I go to the Starbucks on Stevens Green like nearly every day and mm-hmm. I have a feeling when I finally quit smoking, I'll probably never go there again. I only go there because they have an amazing outdoor smoking section. And when I do my writing, like that's a great place for me to sit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was have you ever been to the Starbucks in Stevens Green? Yeah. So, you know, they, they have like a little to the bathrooms like you punch in the code and there's like kind of like a tiny little coffin size waiting room to go into the bathrooms, and there was a woman waiting outside the door. She didn't want to go into the little waiting room. She just wanted to wait outside as a whole, and this old man walked up, and I was walking the bathrooms. so there was an old man in front of me, and he sort of punched in the code to just go ahead and get in the waiting room, and I think the woman was trying to let him know, like, hey, like, excuse me. She kept on going, sir, sir, just to be like, hey, I'm waiting, too, and he wasn't listening, so I just went up to him because I just – I don't know, like not out of some not that I'm noble or something. But, you know, it was just like this girl's been waiting and like this guy's going to front her. And so I just like, sir, sir. And he was like, what? And I was like, she's trying to tell you she's actually waiting for the bathroom as well. And he was like, I wasn't going to front you in the queue. He was like, I wasn't. And he kind of got in her face and was like, what are you doing out here? And blah, blah. blah. And she just goes into the bathroom because somebody came out and he turns to me and he goes, and you're very presumptuous. And I was like, w- what? And he goes, tell me that I'm going to skip the queue. And I just said, I was like. And I actually felt really proud of myself because I don't love confrontation. Mm-hmm. Like I actually hate it probably like, but I kind of love it because it gives you that same feeling that acting gives you where your heart rate is just like and you don't know what's gonna happen. But I just said, I was like, I was like, I actually didn't accuse you of cutting the cue. I was like, all I was doing was alerting you to the fact that a woman was trying to get your attention. I was like, I just wanted to direct you towards her because it didn't seem like you heard her. Mm. And he was like, no, you were accusing me. And I just was like, I was fine, and I just smiled, and I was like, well, I wasn't, and he goes, yes, you were, and I was like, no, I wasn't, and um, we just had to sit, stand beside each other in the line and wait, and there was a bit of me, like, I don't know if you ever get this, but, like, when you're kind of feeling full of yourself, you kind of want someone to challenge you just a little bit more. And, and I was I'm... kind of being like, come on, dude, say something. So I could be like, look, motherfucker, like um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. quit your. I mean, now that being said, he's like a 70 year old man. Like, you know, he's old, like he was quite old and like getting into a f- verbal altercation with him would have done nothing to improve <laughs> It would be nothing to brag about. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. hey, I fucked up this old man today <laughs> at Starbucks with my Venti iced coffee, you know. Um, But, uh, like, but it does, like, I kind of actually love that shit, really, like, in a way. Like, it's, I kind of love just any chance to get my heart rate up and feel, like, a bit scared. Yeah. I kind of love, like, I think it's kind of cool to be, like, be, like, standing toe-to-toe with someone and be like, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. Like I kinda love that shit.
0: Do you feel like you your behaviors like push you into scenarios that like like not the not to say that you try and manufacture it, but like because you love it, do you find yourself chasing it?
1: No, I would actually always kind of run away because I think like Oh, it's funny, man. Like I think I told you this before like a couple weeks ago, a bison. Like I think that this personality bingo in like forces you to face how much you think about yourself and how many theories you have on yourself. Yeah. That was person. interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, Cause I've got so <laughs> many on myself. <laughs> no, like I have so many and you never want to admit them. But I think one thing for me, man, like especially like since I started acting like, you know, because I just think naturally I'm a very loud, la- I'm a pretty loud person, mm-hmm. you know? And I, and I think it's become a thing that like a lot of times very macho esque men, Tend to just automatically dislike me. Mm. Like, it's kind of become a, like, you know, if I'm at a party and like some of the really bro type, like steroid looking dudes, you know, they see me and I'm wearing, you know, some absurd shirt where my nipples are nearly hanging out, you know, and I'm like have no problem being very loud. Like, a lot of like dudes like will kind of like not be into that and kind of want to. Like, I'm, like, like, I've had a lot of things since I moved here in, in America, too, of people just getting in my face and whatever. And when it actually happens, dude, I'm, like, about to piss in my pants. Like, I'm not smooth. And, like, I don't feel safe, you know, and ready to be like, look, man, you're wrong. Get the fuck out of my face. Like, I'm more
0: like, no, 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 I didn't.
1: Uh, I was just sitting here talking to so-and-so, you know, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm
0: sorry. I wouldn't. I imagine that's because I like as as someone who's like getting to know you now. You mm. would like I would consider you to be quite a macho person. Really, at cool. the same time, <laughs> have the total opposite thing. I don't know what the opposite means, but like I would not associate macho ness with what I would associate like the other side Mm, which would be like more of a softness yeah exactly or like you know half your nipples out you know what I mean because they don't really go hand in hand necessarily so like I think that can be quite challenging because they're like you don't fit in my box Mm. you know what I mean like you've got like this like you've got like maybe like the aesthetic or like the energy of like you know like a a man (laughs) like in the like traditional like Mm. gender stereotypes way of like this is a man but then you've also got this kind of like um like playfulness or Mm. eccentricity or something that they don't have. And they're like, I can commute, compute this side or that side, but the two together. Mm. No.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. But I would, I kind of always like, and once again, like just getting to know you, but I feel like, like I, for some reason, Tom, feel like we are similar. Yeah. Like I've kind of feel like I see like this guy thinks about things probably in a very similar way to me. And it kind of has that like excitement and that spark. Mm hmm i agree and i think that um and not to like be like oh poor us or look how great we are but i do think that there is you know like because i know i've done it myself like if i'm going through something and there's someone who has that real earnest excitement or whatever you just want to stomp it out you know what i mean like similar to like if you're not getting any work or you're not auditioning and then you hear about so and so going for like the coolest you know, like if I hear like like if I'm not getting any work and I my girlfriend gets some unbelievable audition, you know, I have to fight. Like there is a part of me that is not immediately pleased. You know, like there mm. is a bit of me that is, but there's also that bit of my ego that's very threatened, you know, like and like I've told her this, so I'm not afraid to admit that, you know, but um I think that's such a natural thing to be like, you know, take if if somebody else is representing the thing you think you're lacking Mm -hmm. to kind of whatever and to see like somebody like you, you know, out like on a night out with like a big smile on your face, like having fun. Mm. Like if I'm the guy who doesn't feel comfortable enough to smile and really laugh and really like express how I'm feeling or whatever, like I'm going to hate that and feel threatened by it and want to, you know beat the shit out of you you know like that kind of thing yeah
0: I mean it's very interesting like um, that whole thing of like how you like the other day I was in the gym right and there was this guy and he was like the gym was really empty so it was one of those things like you could totally be on like a few machines at the one time and it would be totally fine but he was literally like using about like six different machines (laughs) and he's doing this mad circuit and like fair play to him he was having a great time mm. but he wasn't using and it, it was the gym back home I don't, I don't, I'm not actually even a member there but he, he wasn't using the bench and there's only one bench in this gym to sm- but he put his keys on it like and I, and, I, and I just had that thing of like I wanted to use it yeah. and I, so I had that thing of being like okay like I don't think he's actually using it because you know when you want to use something in the gym and you're kind of looking totally. over every now and then to make sure like are they finished and like his keys were there which like normally if like, someone has a towel down mm. or something you just like leave it alone yeah. but he, he hadn't used it so I just went over and was like sorry are you using the bench and he was like oh no I, I just left my keys on it <laughs> And like, were you ready for a fight? Though, I, like, a k- bit? kind of. Like, I was ready for something. And he was really polite. But he's like, oh, sorry. I wasn't even thinking. I just was resting my keys there. Yeah. Like, which was, you know, so nonsensical. Like, it was a stupid thing to do. But like, he, you know, y- you build up this narrative in totally. your head that he's like, yeah, well, I want to use this after my like circuit thing. I like, just want to release,
1: you know, like, but dude, I will say this. And this is a hot take coming at you here first. All right, bye, I boy. I think the way that men behave in gyms is the most disgraceful like i think there's few worse things in the world than a bunch of white dudes at the gym mm-hmm. like the way that, the way that like and i don't think i'm like this i hope to god i'm not but like it's just like men they swipe their little gym card and they just suddenly feel like they can act like fucking orangutans, <laughs> like the way they look at themselves in the mirror, the way they grunt, the things they wear. And there's something like so homoerotic about it that just nobody wants to, which is like, I'm like, go into, like, dip into that, dip in the fact that you just love, like, you know, sweating and grunting half naked with other dudes. That's fine. Mm. But they mask that with this, like, you know, They'll have their headphones in and they're singing out loud in the gym and like <laughs> yeah. or like s- some obscene rap song or like you know they're doing pull ups and like screaming at themselves to pump themselves up and I'm like or they'll just walk in the fucking bathroom and just fart so loud that it could shake the core <laughs> of the earth and you're just like who what the fuck is it about this building that makes you think you can act like a cretin like uh, go away <laughs> like I I hate the way the men act in gyms I hate it and just that whole idea of like putting the keys in the bench like there's this total thing of like this is my gym and I own it you know and it's just
0: like oh you can fuck off with your bicep curls like I don't care that's one of my favourite personality bingo rants ever (laughs) that's so true man yeah no it it is it's fascinating like the whole gym culture is so weird because I don't know if like you ever like I've like been thinking about this a lot and just like body and body image Mm -hmm. and like gym is tied up with that for me you know and like you know because I don't go to the gym For health reasons Like I don't I don't equate going to the like, and I, Now I do understand That like I If I exercise and work out Like I will feel good I do understand that But like I, I don't do it To like stave off heart disease Or, totally. or cancer I do it because like I, I like feeling slim yeah. And fit totally. And strong And muscly totally. You know what I mean Like that that that's what it is And I also know that like I am attracted to that In other men totally. Not in a sexual sense At all really But it's like I know that, I know that, what is it? Like, if I see, I just really admire that mm. in other men. Like, yeah. I absolutely do. And it it really, like, I was talking about this with someone later. Like, I really am quite, like, straight in my sexual preferences. Mm. Like, I've I've never kissed a man. And I would be so open to that if it was in any way appealing to me. Totally. It just isn't. Yet, there's something about, like, an impressive male physique. Oh, it's great. That is great. So great. Uh, Totally. I don't know what it is. But I just really admire like that. Like, like Maybe it's something tied up in me that like that's something that I strive for. If you see like a sculpted mm.
1: man. Mm-mm. <laughs> but dude, I think that there's the answer right there is like people need to do what you're doing and admit that and be like, you know, because I think that's the thing is like so many of these dudes in the gym, you know, they just act like fucking assholes Mm. you know and like they aren't admitting like you know just the the vanity of it you know Mm, because I absolutely believe and I think especially in the line of work that we're in you know but like you know I know that um, in recent and for good reason just given how you know uh, like tough media wise and body image wise it must be to be a woman I couldn't and I'm not even going to really comment on that because I've never I am not a woman I don't know what that's like but I know that like the standards are there but I think that men We suffer just as much just we suffer in silence a lot more with body image issues just because we haven't really been given permission. You know, you don't see like I follow a lot of like fitness or like dietary things on Instagram Mm -hmm. and you see lots of posts um, like that women put up about like kind of transformations from like anorexia or bulimia or body dysmorphia into like, you know, recovering from that being like, you know, I've gained like this is a picture of me in the hospital and this is me. 15 pounds later and i'm healthy and i love my life whatever we don't have that for men Mm -hmm. there aren't really very many men that have like that i know of at least um that on a big platform have stepped out and been like you know i looked in the mirror every day for x many years and hated what i saw and no matter how much of my six pack was evident you know it was never good enough Mm -hmm. but that's something that i have hugely hugely struggled with you know to a crippling point, you know, and yeah. I've really had to, you know, have had to do a lot of talking with like therapists and friends and whoever to, you know, just kind of be like, how do I see my, you know, how can I see myself properly? How can I eat in a non-feast or famine? How can I find the middle ground between mm-hmm. always dieting or going on these late night, like, I'm just going to eat every fucking thing in sight, you know?
0: Yeah. Man, I, like I, 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 I've, have tried to say this before and never, it never felt right. But I honestly don't think I know one man who, who is like body confident. Like mm. I, honestly, honestly, yeah. almost every man I know has I like
1: You say that has yeah. body
0: issues. Like everyone. Yeah. And, and and it's not to say that like men have more or less body issues than women. I just think, as you said, I feel like men are about like fifteen years behind all the work that women have been doing and like there's been a a great platform there yeah for for like as you said like you know people coming out and and talking about it because you're totally right like the industry we're in it it, and it's not even maybe it is trying to do it i don't know but like you you know like these movie stars like that that's what or like pop stars or or sports people whatever it is but like they are these amazing looking yeah people but like it, it's the same for men now mm. I, I i feel like I, I'm not even sure what it is man I just I don't know any man who either doesn't feel like too skinny and they're like, and you know, as you said, like they'll start going to the gym and they'll start on the protein or the fucking creatine or, yeah. or whatever it is to try and and pump it up or they or they won't and they, they'll just kind of ignore that yeah. aspect of it and feel kind of shitty about it or guys who, who feel like frumpy or who feel fat or totally. whatever the fuck it is. I really don't know yeah. anyone who doesn't fit into one of these categories. Yeah, it's a
1: weird and I don't think it's one of those things where it's even like, you know, oh, like, cause obviously, you know, like, and I don't mean to say this patronizingly, you know, but that, like, you know, this is like, I just think it's just now that we are slowly starting to talk about it, you mm-hmm. know, but this has been a problem plaguing, you know, even before the invention of like, uh, you know, even before, you know, newspapers and magazines and advertisement, whatever, you know, I think that body image thing is probably, is probably something that has been, I would imagine has been an issue for you know in the female world for a long time but Mm -hmm. i think it is just something that's happening for men and um you know so many men i know that you know suffer like you know with like the way they eat and stuff like that you know like i know for me like i can i can make the gym into about the most fucked up thing on you know like there was a while where i would go on like 15 mile runs and, like, you know, would spend literally four hours a day in the gym, you know? And really? Just, yeah, like, crazy mm. back in... Like, this is a few years ago now. Um, But, you know, really having to get to the, you know, that space of, like, do I want to look great or I don't, do I want to be happy? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And is me looking great? Is it, because I, is it because, you know, I actually want to feel good and be healthy or whatever? Or is it because there's some idea that I have that I need to look like Chris Hemsworth? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, is there some archetypal male that I am desperately, you know, for some reason I've externalized and feel like, that's what I need to be. And will I ever be able to meet, you know, is this a fantasy? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, am I chasing something that I'll never, like, when does the day happen? When do you look in the mirror and go, well, I've done it all now. Mm. You know what
0: I mean? Well, do you know something that's interesting? I looked in the mirror yesterday (laughs) and it all made sense it it all made sense (laughs) and it's all fine now and I am the man with no issues now Uh, no but I looked in the mirror yesterday and one of the things that I and we talked about this uh, the last time I saw you is that I'm not drinking at the moment Mm. and one of the things that I've really realised about myself is like how important the narrative of my life is like so like you know I don't even frame it like this but just for argument's sake if I was to look at my life like a movie like how important that storyline is to me and like when I am behaving in a way that fits into what I perceive my storyline to be for example when I'm not drinking that feels really right for me like that feels like if I was to write out like the I don't know like the characteristics or attributes of Tom Mm. like not drinking not hungover whatever that might be that looks nice on my page totally. like I like that idea I also love I have an awful lot of romantic feelings about like a pint of Guinness totally. and like a fucking piss up with the lads yeah. or a pint with my dad or a, a glass of wine with my mum or at the theatre whatever it might be Um, or like Prosecco on an opening night I also they, they're all true too And it was interesting because I looked in the mirror yesterday and I noticed like I was like less bloated and like my Mm. skin was good. And I just felt like I looked good. And I'm not even sure how much of that is actual physical differences or how much of that is that I just like the story of my life better when I don't drink. Yeah, totally. And it it was just really, it was really interesting because I was trying to weigh up. I was like, so like what is more meaningful to you? And also like the productivity of it. Like I think I'm more, like I take great I take great pride in working hard. I take great pride in like being like fit and strong Mm. and healthy. And, you know, if I'm playing football with the lads that I like play well or something, Uh, I take great pride in, you know, like feeling like an attractive person. Mm. And by virtue of that, like looking in the mirror and kind of, you know, at least a part of your brain being like, yeah, I can see how you are. Like all these things. And they are all on like the not drinking side of the table for me. And it was just really interesting I was trying to basically like com- compute like how much of that is in your head? In in my head or how much of that is actually cuz like no you're actually not drinking like that is a fact and that is like factually good for you. Yeah. You know. But I
1: bet like either way whether it's in your head or not it obviously sounds like it makes you feel good. Yeah, it does. Which is like that should be enough in the fact of like you know cuz I think that's the thing like you know when people Or like, oh, I want to give up drinking or I want to, you know, be known as like, I I think so much of us is about owning it. You know what I mean? And being like, I am like trying to figure out like I'm, I'm doing this for me. You know what I mean? It's not because of like the romantic, you know, it's that whole idea of like, you know, am I with like in a romantic relationship? Am I with someone because on paper? Like, yes, I can say on paper she's great, Mm -hmm. you know, but the reason I'm with whoever is because I love them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And being like, you know, getting away from all that external like I'm doing this because it just fits in a really great narrative of being a really kind of new age 2019 male that will meet with his therapist and talk about his feelings. and Go to the gym and not drink, you know, and like whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I think for me, like trying to quit smoking has been such a thing of like, you know. How much like I obviously do want to quit now. I obviously don't want to quit as much as I want to smoke. Otherwise, I wouldn't be smoking. But I think the struggle is that I know on an external level that I don't want to be a cigarette smoker. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, I don't like the way it makes me feel about me. I don't like the physical whatever, but I don't think I've totally gotten to a place yet where I'm like, I Patrick Flannery for the sake of myself. Mm-hmm. Do not want to be a smoker anymore and mm-hmm. I'm willing to put up with the withdrawal pangs or whatever.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a funny one. Yeah, it is a funny one. Like, and th- that's so true. What you're saying about like doing it for yourself, because like I've given up drink for like six month periods. Amazing. Loved it. What, the reason I went back drinking was because I was always the thing. And I, and I've what what is good is I've started saying this to people now. I was like, and maybe that's not fair because. Like I found myself being out on a date the other night and I was, I, yeah, and, and like we went out for dinner. So like, it, you know, when the drinks menu comes out first and we we're talking about it, and I was like, so I, and there was, I would go for a non-alcoholic beer because I love beer and, and I actually get like a placebo effect <laughs> off it without any of the yeah, yeah. the negative things really. um, And I said to her, I was like, look, I'm not drinking at the moment, uh, which is good for me. I really don't. Uh, my fear about like not drinking is that would ever affect someone I'm with. Like, mm. please, if you want to have a glass yes, of wine yeah. or a pint or whatever the fuck it is, please don't let like me not doing it affect you. I have such a fucking uh, like complex about that, and especially yeah. with like the reason that I went back drink. I w- went out when I had no intention of totally um, intent on still not drinking, and I was out one on one with like a friend, and we, you know, he, I, he just did feel weird about the fact that I was drinking. Sorry, that he was drinking and I wasn't. And I couldn't stand that. I couldn't Mm -hmm. stand the idea of my choices affecting him. Totally. Yeah.
1: Well, like, you know, and I've like, you know, me when I quit drinking, like that was it was uh, quite a few years ago now. And it was at a time when like, you know, because I think that like it's very it's very lucky time to be a health conscious or kind of spiritually conscious person, Mm -hmm. because luckily that has kind of come into the mainstream. You know, like, but like I quit drinking nearly eight years ago now. And that was like, that was at a time when it was not. And I think also that was my age. You know, I was 20 the last time I had a drink, you know, and um, that at that time, outside of other people who had stopped drinking, because for like, like me, it was a problem for them. No one I knew didn't like, I didn't know a single person that was just like, for the sake of my own happiness, for the sake of my own health, I'm just going to stop. And I was so scared at like there were times, you know, like especially going on dates specifically, you know, because I think my ego, what I didn't want to think, I didn't want people to think that I was some sort of like Bible thumping Jesus freak that was just like, I do not let anything appear. And I think that's a lot of what's kept me cigarette smoking, <laughs> like, um, you know, is that it gives me this feeling of like, OK, you're still a bit fucked up, you know, like I don't think I'm totally comfortable yet being like. I'm just a solid, healthy, young or middle, I don't know, man, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's, but I think it's very interesting now that like nowadays, the fact that I don't drink, it's not a talking, like it's, it can, and like, I welcome a discussion about it, mm-hmm. you know, like, I think it's actually amazing to kind of, because I think that now people, you know, people want to talk about it for the, for kind of interesting reasons. But I think, you know, back then... I just didn't... Like, you know, I couldn't go into the conversation, you know, in that capacity. But, like, today it's all right and nobody asks.
0: Yeah, what's so fascinating, I don't know if you noticed this, but, like, the amount of non-alcoholic beers that are being made totally. right now. And, like, the way... I know it's dry January, so there's definitely, like, a part of that. But <laughs> even there's even, like, a non-alcoholic beer uh, pub opening Oh shit Yeah I swear to god uh, On South Ann Street I think Oh wow this, That's cool This week I think I of think Friday. that's interesting Really like, interesting And like I actually was thinking About it recently And I was like I Tell me if this is crazy Okay go. It should be illegal For pubs Not to have at least One non-alcoholic beer Option Like surely That's reasonable
1: Well I don't I guess I don't I can't comment On the legality of it Sure I you can't know, like, I have of, no right I, to do I don't that. know Because like to me That's like a question Of like Oh, you know, like how much can we force people to do X, Y, or Z? Sure. I can't believe I just said Z. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. Um, but uh, like I totally think that that should be. But I think business-wise, that's just smart to have one because so many people are quitting drinking right now. Yeah, so many. It's like, so it's, common. It's unbelievable. It is cr- in just like it's been funny in the past like month. I've ran into more people. They're like, oh, Patrick. I- you know, love to chat to you. I'm quitting drinking, you know, or like Patrick, like, uh, you know, like, or I'll be like, you know, they'll knock at a beer and they'll be like, yeah, I've quit drinking for like four months or five months. Mm. And which I find, I find very interesting. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I think on a business level, you know, to cater to that market, you know, like, cause there is such a demand right now for non-alcoholic beer.
0: What do you find interesting about when people <laughs> say that to you?
1: <laughs> because man, I, like, you know, my brain is just so, like, I am just such an addict for lack of to not put any sugar on it. Like, I am just nothing I do is in moderation. It mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense to me. And I this never, is one place we're very similar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never quit something because it just seemed like a reasonably good idea. Like, I was never like, oh, I'm going to stop drinking just because I bet I'll, I'll feel better tomorrow. <laughs> you know, like, I quit drinking because it was like, oh my gosh, how much longer can my body handle this? You know, and how much longer am I going to survive? Um, So to me The idea of like people kind of Like I think I find it so amazing That there are people that are so And it probably doesn't feel this way to them And once again this doesn't mean to be patronizing Whoever those people are But like that are so kind of level headed And inherently can be so good to themselves That right. they're like I just don't want to do this anymore Like yeah. I find that so cool Like and I like kind of daydream About like Because I'm like you know Sugar, the gym, sex body image weight stuff you know whatever like to me it is like i just don't operate any other way than Mm -hmm. 120 miles per hour like it's just how i've been since i was that tall yeah it's very funny
0: (laughs) like i i i had this realization with like a relationship i was in and Mm. i I, when i i can can, now with a little bit of perspective like it was a very painful ending Mm. of this thing um and one of the phrases that i came up myself or like through therapy i can't remember but it was like what was so intoxicating about the relationship was we only lived between zero and 20% of like, you know, functionality mm. or 80 and 100. Totally. Like, and that pattern is so, I can see that everywhere in my life. Like, totally. like and it's so addictive to me and it's so comfortable to yeah. me. And it's so intoxicating because obviously like, you know, 80 to 100 is like the best. Like, it's the best. Like, we love each other so much. We mm. have amazing experience with each other. We bring out the best in each other. Zero to 20. We hate each other. We hate each other. We we make each other the worst versions of ourselves. Like, we are literally living miserable lives and that would not be happening if we weren't, like, together. Like, that is just fundamentally true. But it's amazing, and, like, I can blow this out to, you know, like, substances or food or exercise or work, but, it's like, it's amazing how you can, like, on some level know that, but just not, like, not fucking listen to it and ignore it and and live live despite it hugely and i feel i'm very conscious of the fact how long have we been going Uh, not even an hour yet what but we've only gotten one question i know i know and Um, we're i i got to a certain point i was like we can unnaturally stop the conversation to roll the machine or we can have a lovely connected chat well
1: i think this has been a lovely like i guess the only thing i can say but like to me man i am someone and i've really had to like am working through this have had to work through this like in a relationship like to me i am like and just in life in general like you know to me i am inherently not inherently but like maybe so i've learned to be i'm much more comfortable when things are horrible Mm. than when things are just in the middle Mm. like when everything when the storm calms that's when i get freaked out you know if i'm if i'm terrified and jealous and angry and horny and whatever like all those kind of extremes even if they're bad i know how to operate in that like there is a serious fucking unbelievable feeling of like i know this this is where i know how to behave then like you know when things just calm down and it's like you know, this just is life and we're not fighting for anything or against anything. We're not trying to go anywhere or get back to somewhere we are just uh, I'm just in the midst like I'm I'm someone it's very difficult for me to just be content. Mm-hmm. Like I think I'm a very happy person, but like I think I'm always someone who's like shiny new toy, blah, 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 new thing, new thing, new thing, you know, rather than be like. Right now, I don't need anything other than like what I don't have. And you know, I don't need some big explosion. Like I don't, you know, like it's it's interesting. Like yeah, that's just how I am. Like oh, totally, man. And like that,
0: like t- t- like that's what I had to reconcile with this relationship ending was the fact that like okay, we live between zero and twenty and eighty and a hundred, but a real stable relationship probably lives between sixty and eighty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not to say that you don't have like joyous, ecstatic moments and you don't fight and it's fucking horrific. But like, most of the time, like, a reasonable thing is probably like 60 to like 85, 90, hmm. like 70 to 90. I, I don't know. Yeah. But like, but I mean, you, you can't live at those extremes all the time. No. Or, or you can, but I'm not sure it's the best How way to it live. How is it
1: going to sustain itself? Yeah. It's funny, man. It's totally like the, the only thing I've been able to rectify in myself about like being okay with it is mm-hmm. like, you know, A, like, A, everybody has their shit, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, everybody has their own defects of care, you know? And I think somebody else's issues are always going to be more attractive than your own, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like, I'm fascinated by quiet people, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I find myself very envious of quiet, calm people. I'm like, oh, I wonder what it must be like to struggle to, you know, speak rather than the opposite of, like, struggling to just... You know, like I think for me, like I would if I have a fear, you know, the idea of kind of just disappearing into the background, Mm. you know, and I think that's probably informed in some way the uh, the loudness and intensity or whatever in, in a bit, you know, but I think like the one thing I've gotten to is like, you know what, at least I'll never be bored. You know what I mean? Like at least with this insane brain of mine it keeps me entertained you know what i mean i can find something to freak out about 24 hours a day so you know of all else i get to laugh at myself you know and be like patrick that is so like you know i just sent like i just sent off a self-tape before i came here and like for the 12 minutes before i got here i was just re-refreshing my email to see if it had been downloaded on my Wee train you know there's always something that i can be neurotic right about yeah totally Mm.
0: i totally will we give it a let's give it let's give it a spin (laughs) let's just see what happens i feel bad like i've I've shortchanged you no you have not at
1: all you tell me you you i'll go until you tell me we're done all right here we go
0: number 14 do you have it i don't no worries number 14 the question is do you consider yourself a creature of habit
1: who yes Mm -hmm. yeah like uh, uh, yeah and like in some ways definitely um like in the fact that like, you know, I do like, I think because of what we talked about that, you know, like I would be someone who'd very much so venture towards chaos, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't have to worry about kind of finding that energy, mm-hmm. you know, for me, but like I do have to make a conscious effort to harness myself down. Like, you know, I go to the gym and like it to me, it's either habit or it's none at all, mm-hmm. you know, and it's gotten better with time. But like, you know, I like I go to the gym every day. I write every day, um, like, you know, whether that be playwriting or screenwriting, then I journal every day, you know, like I generally speaking like to wake up and it's been bad lately, but like, I like to wake up early, Mm -hmm. um, food wise, I eat the same shit every single day. I do not have a breadth of variety in my diet, you know, um. Yeah, and I think that that, like, I can actually take that too far. All the ha- all the habitualness of it, like, I can take it too far, mm. you know, and be like, nope, I, like, you know, I, I won't lie in bed even though it's a Sunday and I have nothing to do. I'm going to get up at 6 a.m. and I'm going to go sit in the, like, negative degree weather at the Starbucks on Stevens Green and smoke my Marlboro Lights and write even though I have nothing to write, you know, and whatever, because I just don't want to fall into the... You know, that freedom of just being like, I can do whatever the fuck
0: I want, you know, yeah. and is it like are you a six a m riser?
1: I would have been for a long, like up until it's funny, man, a lot of the things that I did change when I moved to Ireland, right. Like, right? You know, when I moved here, I was like literally I was at nine to ten o'clock going to bed every night. Mm-hmm. six a m riser, go to the gym. I was a complete and total I was a vegan. Like a very strict, um, gluten free, wheat free vegan, Mm. and um, moved here. And I think, you know, moving, just as I'm sure you encounter going to Chicago, Mm -hmm. it totally shifts your axis, you know? And like, uh, I I think like routines are much easier for me when I feel safe Mm. in my life. And I think moving here, I didn't feel that safe just because, you know, there was nobody that had known me longer than a matter of months or days or weeks Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, I kind of shift back and forth, but like I, to me, man, there's very few things that turn me on more than the early morning. And I don't mean that sexually. Like, I mean, like, I love being alive. In the morning. Like, I think it's so cool.
0: And what, 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 <laughs> this is, this is, this is a stupid question, but I'm gonna ask it. Go. When you, you have a girlfriend, right? Yes. So, what happened, like, when, when you're, like, staying over or whatever, and, totally. and, and, like, you know, you wanna get up, but, like, do you just leave them behind and be like, I'm living my life so now? So,
1: that was a thing, to be truthful. Like, you know, that was a thing. But, you know, the thing that I found you know and I think it's great to have routine I think if you hold on to it for me I'm not going to say you I can only speak for about me but I think if I'm holding on to my routines too tightly Mm. it's because of something else Mm -hmm. you know I think for me like especially if I'm not working which like lately has been the case Mm -hmm. um it is so easy to you know kind of like hide underneath my routine mm-hmm. so I don't have to acknowledge the fact that not a fucking thing is going on mm-hmm. you know and be like Ooh, you know like sorry babe I gotta go cause you know th- there's something I should just be typing on my computer even though I'll just end up being on Facebook or watching YouTube videos of SNL people corpsing on set you know like whatever
0: sure,
1: sure. Um, so y- that was a thing where I like was jumping out and being like look I'm not gonna lie in I'm gonna go but then, like, when I kind of, like, very recently, really, like, especially over Christmas, like, I met with my therapist, like, six times I was home. Gosh, mm-hmm. that, I probably sound very American saying that, like. No, be yeah. home, you need uh, it. Yeah, like, <laughs> um, but, uh, no, so I, um, but just kind of get into, like, being okay. Like, there's a time and place for everything. Like, mm-hmm. you know, on a Tuesday, is there much reason for me to be laying in bed until 11 o'clock in the morning? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just because I'm not working doesn't mean there's not something I can be doing to better myself or whatever. But on the weekends, it's okay. You know, I can let my... I'm learning how to let myself just be in the free fall of life.
0: Yes. You know? I like that phrase. Do you have uh, have an Irish therapist, an American therapist? Yes. Like, now, I've only recently... Like, I saw my Irish
1: therapist a lot. Like, it's... And I'm sure once again you encounter this maybe you did encounter living in Chicago uh, but um here you know there are just a lot of things that if I was living in America would be being paid for by my parents that just aren't automatically paid for mm-hmm, here mm-hmm. you know what I mean so like my therapist back home you know like just because like I've been seeing him since the f- since the first time I came home blackout drunk when I was 15 years old mm. and seeing the same therapist like what? my parents sent him to me that weekend we've never stopped seeing each other which has been fucking 14 years now which is shocking um but uh you know like so i have him there and he's my like he is my dude Mm. you know like um but then i have one here but it's just she's she costs money Mm -hmm. and mommy and daddy aren't paying for their 28 year old son to go see his therapist in the foreign country that he is Living a lavish life in, so I don't go see her as often. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So yeah. therapist and both.
0: Man, it's so interesting. The free fall of life. Mm. If we named our episodes, that's <laughs> what I'd named this one. Man, this has been so deadly. I've got, got to get the fuck out because there's another thing and I could do uh, this all day. Dude. That's the problem. Um, oh, it's been a pleasure. Can we be friends? Yeah. Oh, like great. I was
1: like thinking you know, like and I'm so glad we did this before we went and got coffee or whatever, because I was like because I feel like you and me like could just
0: riff. Oh man, I know. You see, it could have gone. <laughs> all, I hope I've asked I...
1: you enough. Qu- like I hope oh. that like we've. Ch- I hope it
0: hasn't just been me. Like. Da-da-da-da. Well, that's what I said recently. Um, Kevin Olin did it recently, and I was like, the episode where I did our fiftieth episode, we turned it around, and like I answered the questions yeah. by far the least popular episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, no I guess one...
1: we've all gotten to know you sporadically. <laughs> yeah. Each Everyone's one. just like, like, shut up, Tom. We, no we know one cares. all
0: about you, Tom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um. Patrick Flannery, thanks for playing Personality oh, Bingo. Than thanks so much, man. Woo. Cool. So guys, that was the phenomenal. Patrick Flannery playing Personality Bingo. Patrick, if you are listening, a massive thank you to you for taking the time to do it, man. It was such a good chat. It always is with you, and it was so nice to get that down on mic. Or ever. Uh, guys, as always, a huge thank you to the brilliant Erin Lindsay for mixing, editing and producing the podcast. To the wonderful Leah Moore and Anthony Manley for their deadly theme music. To the phenomenal Connor Nolan for his gorgeous artwork. And to the... Mm, what word shall we use today? The bombastic... That is a positive word, isn't it? It sounds positive, fantastic. It sounds like fantastic. What more percussive, you know? Uh, Paddy O'Leary and Alan Bennett for their wonderful support uh, in everything that we do here at Personality Bingo HQ, uh, as well as that, guys. Check out our Patreon page. Uh, it's Personality forward slash. No, it's not. It's Patreon forward slash personality bingo. I did three introductions in a row today, and I think I'm learning that that's too much. My poor brain can't handle repeating the same information three times. But that's good. Look, we live and learn and we love ourselves anyway, and we go and check out uh, our Patreon page, help me pay for my therapy, um, no, it's uh, it's a model based off sound, let's chip in a few bob if you can't, if you can't, no worries, the podcast will always be here for you, but uh, if a euro, two euro, five euro, ten euro doesn't make a massive difference in your life, it does make a massive difference to ours and the way we produce this podcast, and we do have such a, deadly base of like solid uh listenership so really if you think that like your tiny little contribution won't make a difference it will if you know even like a tenth of the people who listen to that podcast um can you know chips up in our way, like honestly it's life-changing so thank you so much for those who have and if you're someone considering it on the fence um yeah, just take into the counter that it will really make a meaningful uh difference obviously there's so many brilliant things to give your money to i'm really aware that this is like not even in the top 100 but at the same time uh, it makes a huge difference to us in the way we make this podcast and it just makes it that little bit more attainable and sustainable going forward uh guys i hope you enjoyed this one i certainly enjoyed the chat with P- patrick i keep wanting to say Patrick. it's only because it's Patrick and Flannery and my mouth is tired. Uh tune back in next week for another episode of Personality Bingo with Tom. Tom Morris, personality bingo. Tom Morris, personality.